0: Today in this section is not um, what we would normally do in the the preach slot, whatever you want to call it, teaching talky bit. I'm basically going to go through some statistics in a moment that are in a leaflet that you're all going to get as you go out of here that tells you something about this last year. So when you go out, you're going to get two things. You're going to get this and a cupcake. Boy, do we know how to party. So you'll get that with your coffee and tea as you go. I'm going to go through, as I say, some facts and figures, some statistics from the past year. We have been carefully, over a number of years, but particularly this last year, recording and counting, particularly counting people. Now, some people will say to me, or have done in the past... Why are you so obsessed about counting numbers? One guy said to me, it's all about numbers, isn't it, to you? Well, this is a little bit twee and cliche, I know, but I don't really know how else to say it. But the reality is, we count people because people count And that's a funny little phrase that gets used around, but it's true for us. We count people because people count. You have never set eyes on someone that doesn't matter to God and therefore should matter to us. Everyone, whatever their state or condition, they matter to God and therefore should matter to us. I want to read to you a verse from the Bible. These are the words of Jesus himself, recorded in Luke chapter 12. Jesus said this, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? So he had an awareness of the economy around him. He said, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Then he adds this, Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now, I do realize there is a certain irony of me with my shaved head reading that verse. And it's not a great miracle for anyone to count the number of hairs on my head. Let's just be agreed. Thank you for the... This is a new look, by the way. It is a choice. It is a lifestyle choice. And Some people here, they've said various things to me in the past few weeks since I shaved my head. One lady came up to me and she said, did you do it for a bet? (laughs) Another lady said, did you do it for charity? And a third person said, never mind, it will grow back. My mother, who's still alive at 92 years of age, saw a photograph on Facebook of me and she said to me over the phone, you look like a thug. (laughs) So, So I do appreciate it's not a great miracle to count the number of hers on my head. But let's take Angela down here, for example. What an amazing head of hair. I'm just picking her out. Would you like to stand? Because yesterday at the wedding, she particularly had a go at me and my shaved head. But well, I think it's quite a miracle to know how many hairs are on Angela's head. You may be seated. My point is this. If God counts the hairs on someone's head, I think we can count the heads. I think it's okay to do that. And to remember that every head that we count, every statistic I mention that's related to numbers, it represents a person who matters to God, is unique, and has their own story to tell. Every person matters, and every person has their own story. So let me just take, this is one of the statistics that's in your little leaflet as you'll go today. Sundays, which aren't everything, we're here seven days a week doing lots. But Sundays are important. Sundays are important for worship, for community, for friendship, for connecting, for serving together. Sundays are important for teaching. Over this last year, comparing last year's figures, 2014-15 to 2015-16, we have seen A 35% increase on Sunday attendance. That represents a whopping 26,502 people that have come through on Sundays in our services. That's a lot of people. Kids Church, and we love kids. We want more kids. Last week in Kids Church, there was 108 children. As parents, aren't you glad we know how many there were there? Yeah, 108. Our children's program through Kids Church has grown in this last year by 24%. Compared to the year before, it's 24% growth. In in our youth program on Friday nights, in this auditorium, remember kids make a mess and that's okay. We don't mind mess. That's part of family. This auditorium gets converted into a youth scene and venue. Last year when we started, there were about 30, 35 that were coming regularly. This year, this Friday night, just two days ago, there were 75 youth in here. And it peaked a few weeks ago at just over 80 youth that were here on a Friday night. That's a huge growth. Today, the kids are having a program, a, a, a party out in kids' church. And they're going to be having balloons, and they're having cake too. So just to let you know, parents, they will be on a sugar high when they come out. So God bless you. Um, but one of the things they've been doing is they've been writing out their prayers. And this is a very Christian phrase here. It says, in our new building, I'm believing for. That means we're praying for, and our faith is this. And these are some of the things they've, they've drawn pictures This one says, I would like Maisie to come to church with me. This one here says, in the new building, this is their prayer, no jellyfish. (laughs) I think God has answered that one as far as I'm aware. That all my family is happy in church. Isn't that wonderful? I'm believing, they write, to learn more and connect with new people. Someone here, if I can find it, wrote church would be full of people. And last one. I'm believing for everyone to have a good time. Actually, if I can find this one. uh, I like this one. Oh yeah, this is. I'm believing for no monsters in church. (laughs) And that was my 18-year-old daughter that wrote that one. (laughs) I'm kidding. These are the prayers of our children. And we have upstairs... In the first floor, on the top floor, some prayers that many of us wrote on the steel work of this building. So it's in the very fabric. As you come over the foyer in the entrance hall there, buried in the very foundations are some of the prayers that you wrote. We put a Bible in there to say that we want to build on the Bible. And in there, this is something we did, one that we we anointed it with oil. We poured oil on it to represent God's Holy Spirit that we want to enable us to do the work here. That's some of the stuff that's been happening in this last year. One of our core values here as a church is to make sure we are a welcoming church. That's because we believe in the value of hospitality. Hospitality is lonely, it is, is important where the lonely and disenfranchised can connect and come home. We want church to be home. And in this last year, listen to this statistic. Um, In this last year, we've seen, we've recorded by way of visitors just on a Sunday, and this is only a Sunday, there's other groups, but compared to last year, we've seen a 354% growth with visitors. We've had 436 guests who've registered compared to 96 last year. That's a lot of people. Now, not all of those people stay, but they're all valuable. My wife Angie spoke at a group here in Cambridge, which isn't a church, isn't a faith-based group, but she was invited to tell her story. And it was a a group called Cambridge Misfits. It's in hot numbers, and anyone in the community is invited. We've been along to two of them now, and they have one rule, and I think this is a great rule that we should adopt here. And the rule is, whenever you speak to someone that you've you've only just met them, only met them for the first time, the rule is you are not allowed to ask them. And what do you do? Because what we do is when we ask that question, we have a little box and a little pecking order, but the basis of that community is we're all in this together. And I think that would be a great rule to copy and adopt in church. We don't want to relate on what do you do or what can you do for me, but we are on the basis that we're all fellow human beings on this journey and sometimes a tough journey and sometimes an adventure called life. So we relate on that way. So many guests over this last year. Our records show that in our open lunch on a Friday, which is for anyone, and 90% of the people that come to the open lunch do not come to the church. And that's great. That's fine. We would love them to come to Sundays. But it's not conditional with what we do. We regularly, every single week, with the food we get from Sainsbury's and the co-op help as well, and Tesco's, do a meal, which is free, and we are 50, 60 people. I think one week we peaked at about 78, which is too many for the room, but usually between 50 and 60 people that come in our lunch, free lunch here on a Friday. As well as to the CAF, Christians Against Poverty Death Center. As well as for Food Bank, when they are able to get emergency aid for the food that they need. As well as coming to the CAF Job Club, where some people have found jobs. As well as all the other areas that I've already mentioned. As well as the Luncheon Club, and the parent and toddler drop-in that's here. Time and again, you'll come in, and you'll find this place buzzing with life. We've seen 49 people baptized the baptistry is under the stage here as a public commitment of the declaration of faith to Jesus Christ I honestly don't know and, and I hope to say this right but forgive me if I get it wrong I don't know of any other community where you get stories that are so diverse when we have our baptism We had people standing here. We had articulate, Cambridge-educated, scientific minds sharing their story. Local businessman who's who's doing well in his business. People here that were unemployed, special needs. And they're all on the same level saying, Look, we realized we couldn't cope in life without the need of a Savior. And it levels the ground so that we all come together. 49 baptisms. How about this one? This statistic, which is in the booklet. We, at the end, and I'll do this today, ask people if they'd like to make a decision, it's their choice, to follow Jesus. Or maybe in life they've gone away from keeping God central in their life. Would they like to recommit, reconnect? Last year, we saw, I think it was 67 or people make decisions. This year, we've seen 379 people make first time or recommitments for Jesus. Not only may that have affected them in this life, but maybe we believe for eternity. And what about money? Let's, let's talk about money. We're all okay to talk about money, aren't we? Well, that wasn't as loud as all the other stuff. I love talking about money and you are a very generous church. church, Gas and electric bill in this building is higher than what our rental was when we were at St. Bede's for many years. Just our gas and electric. It's higher. So our money, our income needed to go up because just the whole higher bill that we had doesn't even pay the gas and electric. In this last year, here's the good news our income has gone up by some 15% based on what it was the year before. 15%. And boy, did it need to. That was one of the things that does keep, because we are totally based on voluntary donations and you are incredibly generous. And we were so aware that everything was going to another level and we needed money, we made a decision that we're going to give more away. So over this last year, we've given more money away to organizations than we've done in the history of the church. And in this booklet here, there are some details of what we've given to. Don't clap until I've finished, but I'm going to read out to you. Because this is, again, this is a proverb, and if you're a Christian or not, this will work in your life. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, whereas the world of the stingy goes smaller and smaller. Some of the most poor people I've ever met have been the most generous. When I've traveled overseas to places like Africa or India, and they literally, this, isn't, this is literally, and we use, overuse that word, they kill their last chicken or goat in order to honor you with a meal. That's generous. They're giving everything. So generosity is not measured by how much you give. Generosity is usually measured by how much you've got left. Hello? Don't go quiet on me. Don't go. To... Look, there's two things we're allowed to talk about in this church. Money and sex, okay? <laughs> if you want to join us, we're going to talk about money and sex. So, not only money and sex, by the way. <laughs> that's not all we talk about, but that's what we talk about. Here's what we've given in this last year. To Canon Andrew White, who's work in the Middle East with Reconciliation, we gave £8,500. To World Vision... We gave 7,000 pounds. And we were specific to these groups. Because of the refugee crisis in the world and because of the uh, migrant crisis, we wanted to give it outside of ourselves that was not going to have any direct benefit back for ourselves. No strings attached. World Vision, 7,000 pounds. Through government-funded, we met with Tim, who's the CEO yesterday at a wedding, actually. And through government funding, they were able to more than triple that because it was match-funded. Tier Fund, again, giving to refugee crisis, £7,000. Hope into Action, which is a local charity that houses vulnerable women and hopefully in the future men they're, they're throughout the country, but they, we have a house with them here in Cambridge. We gave £5,000. To Watoto Child Care Ministries in Uganda, that help with orphans and with widows in putting them in villages where some of us had been and built houses with them, we gave £4,500. To other ministries, including Toilet Twinning, so if you go to the loo today, I'd advise you, go and have a look. Even if you don't want to go, just go in and have a look. Every toilet, on every trap there, there is a toilet that has been twinned in Africa particularly, or India, or places where they didn't have clean toilets. And every loo that we have, there's another one that we pay for to be built somewhere overseas. Go and have a look. You can even look it up on your phone if you have a, uh, the, the link, whatever it's called. £3,500. And then finally... the International Justice Mission and some of our team are going out to the Philippines to see a center that is helping girls who've been sex trafficked and to see their lives being rebuilt in the Philippines. We gave to them 3,500 pounds in this last year. Why? Because you sow believing that you'll reap and even if we don't reap it's right to sow. So it's not a condition. It's that the Bible again says he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. And we may not see all the benefits of it ourselves, but it's not for ourselves. It's for our fellow human, human beings, fellow humanity. And then today, it really is a pleasure to have Daniel Zeichner with us. Daniel has been very good to us. He even did a greeting on the C3 News a few weeks ago. And uh, has been a, a great aid to us and asset here in the city. And we have given to Daniel, some money, not for him personally, but to distribute it as he sees fit. And so we're going to ask him to say where he's given that and to introduce his guest today. Would you please welcome Daniel Zeichner, MP. <clears throat> Microphone. Oh.
1: Thank you so much, Steve. And Pleasure. can I say, friends, Steve, Angie, it's great to be here again a year on, and a happy birthday to C3. I have lots of people come to me with great plans and great visions. Very few people carry them through in the way that you do. Absolutely extraordinary. You. So you've had an extraordinary year. I've seen the, the, the lunch club on Friday. I've seen the community work that you're doing. I strongly support it and thank you on behalf of the city. Thank so you. well done. Thank you. But also, friends, it's, it's, been a, it's been a very difficult year across the world. You just mentioned some of those points. And I have to say, as a politician, I'm kind of ashamed that we've still got children in refugee camps in Calais who should be here and who are still there. I'm ashamed when I look at what's happening in Aleppo. It's a shame on the world that we have not been able to resolve those things. So there are some sadnesses, and I think if my friend Jo Cox was here, she would always say, hope, never hate. Hope, not hate. But today we can celebrate and be happy. And I'm overwhelmed that you've actually offered me the chance to take some of the money that you're offering to people and ask me who I think it should help. And It's really hard because there's so many people doing good things in our city. But Blue Smile, I came across a few months ago, and I think we'll hear a little more about the work that you do, and you'll be able to explain it better than I can. But to be in our schools and to offer... Help, positive help to, people, to children who need it is such a worthwhile thing to be doing that I'm so pleased that on your behalf I'm able to offer £1,000 to Blue Smile and I'm sure you'd like to come up and receive it. Thank you all so much.
0: That's the big one. <laughs>
1: we have the real cheque, which I'm sure you're very keen to receive, and we have the big cheque to be photographed by. And perhaps you'd like to say a little about Blue Smile.
2: Well, thank you so much for your generosity uh, from the whole church um, towards children in this community. So um, Blue Smile was started about six years ago and we were founded to help children using therapy, which has the most phenomenal effect on children. So about 93% of the parents of children who are seen by Blue Smile see a massive improvement. And our tagline is happier children, brighter futures. Uh, And the reason for that is, for lots of children, emotional well-being is something that they really struggle with. And not being happy in childhood has an enormous effect on your ability to be happy as an adult as well. So we know that over half mental health problems actually are started in childhood. So we have this massive opportunity to really help children. So money like this will really help us send our therapists into schools, where children are much more likely to be seen without any stigma at all. Uh, and we can really help that school and the teachers in it to help those children be happier. So it's a wonderful, wonderful ambition about what to do. And Steve mentioning about sewing, that's absolutely sewing and, and, and being able to reap the fact that you've got happier children. Who wouldn't want that yes, in life?
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. <clears throat> you. What, what I'd like to do now is just stay here for a moment. I've, I've checked with both of these, so I'm not going and uh, just surprising them with this. I asked them, would they be prepared for us to pray for them? And they've been very willing for us to do that from this wacky church. So I'm going to ask us, and those in the church, we, we do this. Just raise your hands towards them, which was just asking for blessing. So we want to pray for Blue Smile. And we want to pray for Daniel as well in relation to political situation. Father... Thank you today that we've been able to just sow into Blue Smile. We thank you for what they do. Remember what you said, Jesus: suffer the little children to come to you. We want children to prosper and grow. We pray for their work and that this money will just go towards part of what they do to help with children that are maybe suffering and bless the work of their hands. Give them the resources that they need. Give them the people that they need. Provide for them in every way, Lord. And bless the work of their hands. And we pray for Daniel, Lord, in politics and in government. And we pray that they'd have great wisdom. Your word tells us to pray for those in authority. We thank you for him and the work that he does. I pray when he feels lonely and isolated, that he would know that there are others that would come around and cheer him on. I pray that he would find companionship and friend with others in the city and we thank you for his support to us here at C3. Give him wisdom in his life and in politics and use him for good we pray in the nation. So we commit them to you and ask for your grace and your mercy upon them in Jesus name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Many of the initiatives that we've started and we've grown this last year have to do with the wider community around us. And I just want to say again, maybe some of you are here from the invites that you've had, had. we do that without strings attached. We don't give a meal and say, you've got to join the church. That's not the way the love of God operates. It's not with condition. But at the same time, we're a church. And our core business is making disciples. And disciple isn't a word that you use every day. A good word for disciple is actually apprentice. We want to make apprentices of Jesus, those that are learning from the master. And we want people to be introduced to Jesus and grow in their faith and understanding of him. And so much of what we do as well, without neglecting all that I've talked about, Involves conferences, like you've heard on the news. Involves Sundays, worship and teaching. Involves courses that we do. There are left, right, and centre throughout the week. We have so much that's happening to help people grow. None of this would exist without the volunteers that are involved week in, week out in this church. We have people like Dave Harvey. I don't know whether he's in the room. Is Dave Harvey in the room? Who takes a day off a week from his company, they, he asked his boss, could he take a, a, a day off, or it's a week or a fortnight, in order to serve at the open lunch on a Friday? Guess what? He doesn't get paid for that. He's decided to take less income, in order to do something in the community, that he thinks makes a difference. Some of you should consider that. We have a lady, I don't think she's in the, in the service, this one I haven't seen her, Sarah uh, Gilbert, who last year did our leadership academy here. And Sarah works for the Cambridge Press and University Press. And she is brilliant on databases and facts and figures. She asked, could she have a day off a week to do the academy on full, a full day on a Thursday? They said yes. She finished the course, graduated a few weeks ago, and now has decided to stay working at four days a week and gives us one full day a week to work on databases. And that's really important in gathering information. She's fantastic in helping us and that every Thursday. You'll find her here alongside those who are paid for the work as well doing... Voluntary. And I just want to read to you the names of those and ask you to come out if you're in the service just very quickly who are on our Leadership Academy this year. We believe that they can be influencers in every area of society and we want to equip them as leaders. And so if you're in the room, as soon as I read your name, would you run to the front, stand here and we're just going to applaud you. And I want you to notice them because they're going to work really hard this year and part of leadership has to do with character. So their character is going to be tested and whether they can stay humble and all those kind of things. that we're gonna... So I want you to notice them and feedback anything you see about them that we need to know. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Dean Carruthers, Matt Allen, Rashi Wetson, Cindy Weston, Cindy Howell, Ali Purvis, and Dylan Bonetti, as well as Uli Lang Orba, who isn't here today. Would you give them a round of applause? This is this year's 2016 Leadership Academy. One lady, Cindy, was in the first service and she had to go and see her father who was sick in the second service here so couldn't be here. But we pray for you and those that are on this list and pray that this year will be a life-transforming year and that you, working with us, will seek the welfare of this city in Jesus' name. Amen. Another round of applause. So, what's next? As you came in, or if you didn't, Get this, then the steward will come around in a moment, connect to him, and give you this. Here is the luggage tag that you should have got. We gave you a luggage tag to say this. We ain't reached our destination yet. We're on a journey. And on this luggage tag, I'd like you to write here a prayer or a request that you would like to see happen in this next year through what we do here. And on the other side, just something that you're grateful for in this last year. And out in the foyer in the coffee shop, we're putting these on there. There's some photographs of stuff that's happened in the last year. I just want you to put that on there and we'll put it in a book later on. We'll leave it as a display but we'll put it in a book as the prayers and the expressions of gratitude the people who've been here today will have expressed. We're going to play a little bit of music. As I say, the Connect team are here and they're going to give you any of these. Uh, if you didn't get one, just raise your hand. And as the music plays, fill this out. I'll give you one minute. Then I'll come back with a great news, good news announcement before we finish this morning. Thank you. Music. So as you go... Put that on the grid that's out there. hope you enjoyed. Did you notice the, the music and then it suddenly changed because they put our Worship Pastor's album on rather than the first one, which is available at the reception afterwards. And that was a commercial break. So take this, write on, make sure you write on it, put it on the grid that's outside in the foyer. So what's, what's next? Well, in this next year, we're determined to keep growing in all areas. Thank you, Daniel, for the words you said about vision. We are determined to keep our vision active and alive and with feet on, growing and walking. So our goal, if we're honest, is to increase our community groups, do more that we can, work with other groups by way of partnership. There's all kinds of things that's happened here in this last year. Polish comedy evenings have gone on, packed full uh, different events, we had the local authority have used it, we've had the uh, other foundations that have been involved in charitable work in the city use it here, and we want to keep using it as much as we can. It's also our goal before the end of 2017 to grow the church, the committed members of the church, those that attend regularly, to over 1,000 people. Currently on a Sunday, we get about 700, 750 people. But we want to grow by the end of 2017 by at least 1,000. And indeed, we want to finish this building. Now, you're sitting in here and it's comfortable and you think, oh, it's lovely It's finished. great. But actually, it isn't. And I'd love to encourage you when we have coffee, go outside, go up the stairs or use the lift, go to the first floor, go to the extremities as far as you can go and look through the windows of rooms that aren't finished with cables hanging down and no plaster on the walls. Or Well, actually, there is plaster on the walls, but it's not done, finished properly. There's no flooring put in there. Go and have a look. There's two on that side. There's two on that side on the first floor. Then go up to the top, look through and peer. You'll see the grass roof that we have, or grass if you prefer. And it's there as a uh, part of our environmental credentials. But right behind that is the whole top floor, which is not yet completed, where this box Above me is. Nothing's done in there. So the building isn't yet complete, and it's our goal to complete it. I want to say thank you again to Kids Church because every week, over 100 children go into rooms that aren't perfectly adequate for them. On the top, on the first floor here, where the lounges and there's coffee afterwards. That's just flimsy little dividers that help the groups. But none of the children's work or children have complained that that happens. Last Sunday, sadly, we had someone seriously ill and collapse up in the lounge. and We had to call an ambulance. And while they were there, they had, that's where the children were. So the children had to get out quickly because it was frightening for them. And they were fantastic. They were looking over, saying, what's wrong? But it it just showed the inadequacy of that space because we had to then, thankfully, we had uh, someone, medical training to help uh, and kept the lady alive, basically, till the ambulance came. But then I got a message, we can't have coffee up there because the lady's there. And the ambulance crew was superb, took her away, and she went to hospital. And Chris Webster, one of our pastoral team, has been a visitor this week. And so we, we know... That was showed some of the inadequacies of the building. During the week, our staff don 't have any offices here. They work in the coffee shop much of the time, and i don 't know whether that improves their efficiency or not. <laughs> How about this? there 's been a complaint. One of our staff members cycles, and when he arrives, it 's been known to have been told that he smells. And there is no shower. All I am able to do, I know this is far too much detail, is use wet wipes. No, you don't want to go there. Don't go there. There's no shower in the room. We want to build a shower. It's not just for me, it's for the staff. We need more rooms so that when the kids Or in the parents and toddler drop-in area. They don't have to rush to get out quickly because the luncheon club's coming in. Because it all needs to be near the kitchen area. We can do it in other rooms where there's another kitchen upstairs. And we complete that side of things next to that kitchen. Actually, they're going to move into here for the parents and toddler group. But it's a big room to have to bring them into. But there's so many of them, we want to get them out quick rather than affecting the luncheon club. And so we want the rooms to be used more and more for the community. And so this week we've just received in all the quotes, the tender packages to complete the work on this center. Four more rooms on the first floor, the whole of the top floor for offices, counseling rooms and such like. Also, we found that some of the rooms, and this is what it's like when you move into a new building, it gets too hot in the lounge. It's great to have all the environmental credentials. We want them, but there's no windows to open. So if there's too many people in there, guess what? It gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And the same in the coffee shop, and the same in room one, and the same in the foyer. So we found that we're going to have to install air conditioning. And so the price has come in this week to complete those rooms, to put the air conditioning in, which will mean a little bit of disruption for us in this next phase. And it's come in at about, including VAT, one million pounds. One million pounds. If anyone's got that on them today, could you come and see me later? One million. That's what it's going to take we're determined to do it because the building serves the vision and not the other way around. The building was never the vision. The building was to serve a vision. So that's that side of it. Let's just park that up for a minute and let me tell you a story as I finish. I say as I finish to give you hope. (laughs) And I'm going to use this very personally because it has been personal for me, this. Just as we were starting to finish the design of this building and complete what we needed to do. I had a conversation with an elder from a church called Rock Baptist, which is a good church in the city here. And he asked me what we were doing with our other property in Alpha Terrace because we have a chapel that's there with a school Sunday school room and we have our offices there. That's where our offices are supposed to be, but the staff don't want to go there anymore, but they all come here. But we have offices there. We do have some staff that work from there. I have an office there and we do some community action kind of program from there and this this elder said what, what are you going to do with with alpha terrace my answer was nothing we're going to keep it as it is because we don't own it that's what i said a few years ago it belongs to a trust that we have exclusive use of we've had exclusive use of it for 25 30 years but we don't actually own it we just have use of it so we left it with him that was the way and then we built this and so while we're building this We decided, let's take the risk of seeking to get ownership of that property. So we went to the charity commission. We spoke to the trust that was involved. We went through all the right procedures. And by the grace of God, last October, as we moved in here, we got ownership. It was gifted to us, the whole of Alpha Terrace, for us as a church, C3. And it was part of our asset register. That was amazing. Charity commission, all solicitors involved, paid a few thousand pounds to get that done, but released to us. So we own, we didn't just own one building, now we own two. And then earlier in the year, this year, I went to the leadership team and to the trustees, and I said to them, Alpha Terrace isn't suitable for purpose. It's a great facility, served as well, I think we need to sell it in order to complete this building. So we went back to the solicitors, said, are we allowed to sell it? Checked it out of the charity commission. Yes, you're allowed to sell it. We were advised that the best way to sell it was to sell it for housing because Cambridge needs houses. We felt as a leadership team and trustees that we didn't want to sell it for housing. We wanted to keep it in Christian witness. Like it was originally built 1896 for that purpose. But there aren't that many churches looking for buildings. However, go back the conversation I had with an elder from Rock Baptist. I remembered the conversation. Since then, Rock Baptist had planted a brand new church. Guess where? Trumpington. They'd started, they meeting meeting in a school there. And I knew that they were meeting then. So I said, I want to talk to the pastor and offer this Church building to them first rather than going for housing. To keep it in community, use, and as a church. This is a brand new church that has no money, that's just starting out. They can't really afford it. And we were asking them for a considerable amount of money. Before we went another route that considered housing or any other churches that might be interested. So we offered it to them. That was April of this year. The pastor rang me and said, you don't know this, and I didn't, but in February of this year, so before we'd even asked them, a gospel trust called Shelford Gospel Trust, which is made up of a number of business people across the city, had been in touch with this church, Christ Church, to say, would you like us to buy a house for you that we can then rent back a preferential tre- uh, uh, rent for a Christian worker? Because it's very expensive to live in Trumpington, and most Christian workers can't afford a house. We'd like to buy a house for a Christian worker. And this church then said, well, think about it, pray about it. In the meantime, while they're still thinking and praying, we approach them and say, would you like to buy Alpha Terrace? So they went to the Gospel Trust and said, we don't need a house. Actually, we're okay. We weren't going to, but we would like to buy Alpha Terrace. Could you help us? So I'm here today to announce that apart from the fact we've done everything we need to do by way of... Drain survey, electric survey, building survey, valuation on the building, all these kind of things you have to do where you just see professional fees, professional fees, professional fees. We've done all of that. I hate professional fees, by the way. I know there's lots of professionals in the room, but you, you see it racking up. We have to do it. Charity commission report on the building. Done all the right things. And I was hoping today to announce to you that the money's in the bank. It isn't in the bank. Because it's not yet completed. It could all fall over, but you could knock me down with a feather if it does. I honestly believe it's God, it's God who organized it. And the Shelford Gospel Trust, on behalf of Christ Church Trumpington, are buying the building. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll have the money in the bank. <laughs> Guess how much it's for? One. Million pounds. You really need to look happier than that. <laughs> one million pounds. To complete this building is going to cost more than one million. I've told you what it's going to cost in regard to the uh, building work. That building work figure that I've just mentioned does not include. The extra AV that needs to go in the building, like TVs and speakers and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of that. Some of this gear as well, actually, like our guy said, has died. It's old, so we need to make sure some of that. Furniture in the rooms. uh, Furniture outside, you want to get furniture on the external area. Furniture on the street that we haven't done. All of that. Plus, hear this, our builders allowed us to defer some payments. So our priority actually has got to be to pay the builders back the deferred figures in this next 12, 18 months. That's that's a loan by any other name. Call it a deferred uh, payment, but it's a loan. There's a percentage rate on that. And that's a couple of hundred thousand as well, more. So actually, to complete this building and to meet our commitments and to buy furniture and all of that is going to cost somewhere in the region of 1.5 million but we have two-thirds of that so our goal in 2017 and at the end of 2016 is to meet and those figures may change we're going to interrogate the QS, no, no, we're not going to interrogate the QS, the the QS is going to interrogate the figures, and he's going to make sure that they're right, and whoever we choose intended, it might go up slightly, it might go down slightly, we might adjust some of the packages there, but that's ballpark figures. So this next year, we're looking to raise 1.5 million, but actually, it's 500,000. And that's less than we've raised in offerings. We've got three offerings, three vision offerings, that's going to be October 30th this year, April next year, and then October next year as well. And that will complete the building work in this facility. If you're sitting in the room and everyone laughed in the first service, but I'm going to tell you now, it's not a joke. If you're sitting in the room and you have 500000 and you could save us doing all of that, and we'll still take up an offering, come and see me. Now some of you still laugh, I know, I don't know all of you. And I know churches where that's happened time and again. And we've got our own story. We've got a miracle provision there with Alpha Terrace. I'm up for some more miracles, aren't you? Yeah. Then maybe you're the miracle we've been looking for. I'm also, if, if you're not in the room, at Torah, I honestly believe 10 people can give 10,000 pounds, which remember what I said before, isn't a great sacrifice for some. Just keep smiling at me. We're talking about money. I'm not, I don't mind talking about money. If I'd have been afraid talking about money, we wouldn't be here today. So keep smiling. <laughs> I believe 10 of you could give, and I believe this with every offering, £10,000. That might be through reserves that you've got. It might be through legacy that you've left. I'm sorry your great auntie died, but she's left you a lot of money. It's time to give some of it away. It could be through bonus, through work. It could be you decide not to do the kitchen or buy the car. Giving 10,000 isn't actually generous to you. It's like a bridge a, a businessman that I know gave us 25,000 pounds. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But I know someone who gave 10 pounds and that was a bigger sacrifice for them in this church than the businessman who gave 25. He's not in this church, by the way. Thank you for it. We'll be going back for another request. But <laughs> sacri- it's, not, it's equal sacrifice, not equal giving. So would you pray that you'd be one of the 10? And let's look to God to raise 166,000 in every offering for these next three. And we'll complete that other phase and 500,000. Watch this space. Oh, and then, that's the end of 2017. We get to 2018. Let me tell you about 2018. No. Let's just deal with 2017. But I tell you what, I do believe... That in 2018, it's a year for us to go deep and wide. Deep. I'm talking 2018 now. i already got my theme for the year. Deep and wide. And we don't want to just bless our city, but we've got our eyes on the nations and the nation. And we'll never have enough money because the vision's always too big. Let's pray. Musicians, would you come back? Father we thank you for your provision to us with the sale of this building in Alpha Terrace it's a miracle and we're grateful thank you Lord for all that you've provided for us to get into this building but we're excited about the next phase and maybe next year when we're here we'll be recording greater and bigger numbers again that are representing people that matter to you and therefore matter to us thank you We're grateful and we love you. In the name of your son we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, sing this last song, and then I'll just say some.